Well, this is week two in a, a, ten, a I think, ten-week series on the Holy Spirit. So um, I feel really excited about this series. I think it's a good one just to commit to, to commit to being here for the for the full breadth of the series and to to really allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and impact your life and take you on a journey through these next 10 weeks. And Tim started that last week, introducing the whole uh, series around the Holy Spirit. And this week, he's asked me to share on a fantastic scripture in Ezekiel about God's promise to give us a new heart and a new spirit. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. It's actually been a really good exercise for me just to think through my own journey, and, and I encourage you to think through your own journey of, am I taking a microphone? Not on. I have a loud voice, so it's kind of, probably doesn't even need one. <laughs> Is that better? That's better. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I encourage you to kind of, in this series, to think about where you're at in your journey of receiving a new heart from Christ, a new spirit from Christ, and how you're walking right now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether you're living daily in connection with the Holy Spirit or you're a little dry, wherever you're at, it's actually really good right up front before the, the sermon really gets going to think about where am I at with this? Because I think it opens your heart to hear from the Lord during the message. But either way, either way, I walk with the Holy Spirit every day and sometimes I get dry and sometimes I'm full of the Holy Spirit and excited. But either way, I really want to encourage us this morning to be hungry for more, to be hungry for more of the Holy Spirit in our heart and in our life and to allow Him to impact us, to lead us and to infiltrate our life, saturate our life and refresh us here tonight. Is that okay? Come on. So I'm going to share a bit about my story just in three minutes, um, just to help you understand where I'm coming from. I was born and raised in a Christian family, which I'm very, very grateful for. Oh, my parents are Christians, they love God, they love people, and they always uh, made church a really big part of our life. We were in Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, in our pyjamas. We had people over Friday night, a bit like these guys, you know, the people in and out of our home. It was very much a part of our community, a part of our life, and it's hard to, it's hard to imagine it being any different. It was a very big part of our world, and we loved it. I was exposed to uh, the Holy Spirit from a young age. I remember when I was very little, when I was five years old, uh, experiencing the presence of God and accepting Christ into my heart. And it, so it went on over years of growing in that, growing in my understanding of who God was and how the Holy Spirit worked in my life and who Jesus was. And there were many different times where I recommitted my life <laughs> to God again and again. And I'm sure some of you have done that. When I was in my early 20s, I, um, I was at a bit of a crossroads in my life. I had to make a decision about a relationship that I was in that would have taken my life in a particular direction and some things I was up to in my personal life that weren't awesome. And I was really gripped with fear in that season, a bit fear of the future, fear of letting go, fear of where God was taking my life. And I was at a church in the city and I was up the back and I was trying to hide and being conspicuous. And you know when you're trying to hide and be conspicuous and someone sees you, it's really annoying. And the pastor called out to me over the crowd and said, 
And the girl at the back, and she's <laughs> gripped with fear, and he started saying, Fear not, for I am with you. And it was really <laughs> confronting and kind of hectic. And <laughs> I was just trying to like pray, and you know, and uh, then as if it couldn't get any worse, he marched over to me <laughs> and he um, put his hands on me. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight? And I said, Yes, I actually do. So he prayed that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit and I, um, I felt this incredible presence in my heart but I, I actually began to speak in a spiritual tongue and it was beautiful and that scripture that's always stayed with me for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God and sometimes we're in a place where we don't know how to articulate what's going on in us but we can speak in this beautiful spiritual language. And I think from that day forward, I've spoken in that language with the Lord every single day. And it's my way of communing with Him on a deeper level that I don't even understand. And I, who knows what's been sown into my life because of that. Uh, and I think really, if we're honest, we probably all really like to experience the fullness of God's empowering presence in our life, the fullness of communion with the Lord. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be here, would we? We want that. We want the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want his empowering presence, impacting our heart, impacting our life, moving our circumstances, impacting the people around us, allowing us to be salt and light in the spheres that we travel in, in this life. And you know, we can't alter our past, we actually can't always alter our present circumstances and we don't know what the future holds, but we do have the incredible opportunity to make a decision that we're going to walk with the Holy Spirit, who's our comfort, our guide, our advocate, our strength, our standby every day of our lives and allow him to impact everything that we face, everything that we do, and make a pathway for us. And I think that is an incredible privilege. Amen. It's an incredible privilege to be able to have that in our world. Now, Tim touched on this in his message last week, saying that the Holy Spirit is an illuminator. He illuminated creation, and he illuminates truth in the Scripture. He illuminates the revelation of Jesus. Who finds Jesus hard to understand without the help of the Holy Spirit? But the Holy Spirit illuminates the revelation of Jesus. He illuminates God's guidance. He illuminates our pathway. And he illuminates sin in our lives that we can repent from and be freed from so that we can reconnect with God in the deepest parts of our hearts and lives. You know, even Jesus was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit which I find incredible. Because if even Jesus was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit, how much more dependent do we need to be on the Holy Spirit? His whole life, Jesus was taught by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. He didn't do miracles without the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't preach without the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus calls the Spirit the one who dwells in me. In John 14, 10, and there's lots of scriptures that say the Spirit of God dwells in our hearts. And I think of all the places the Holy Spirit could choose to dwell, He's chosen to dwell in our hearts. Mm. In your heart. 
Your, I made up a word this morning, your undwellable heart. That's where he chooses to dwell. He chooses to dwell in my heart. Our broken, fractured, heavy, troubled, sometimes hearts. Some of us are probably feeling pretty good tonight, but some of us are troubled. But you know, there's always areas of fracture in our heart because we live in a broken world. And I just really encourage you tonight to allow God, just make that inward decision. I'm going to allow God to expose any fracture in my heart so that God can deal with me tonight and take me to a new place. We might think... um, we might think that our particular circumstances are unique and different to anyone else. We might think our thoughts and world is yuckier than someone else's. But I'm going to tell you a story a bit later on that's going to assure you that nothing is too hard for God. But the scripture I want to share with you, the primary scripture for tonight, is a promise from God through the prophet Ezekiel. And it reads this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God. That's from Ezekiel 36. Now in that beautiful short passage, there are four incredible promises from God. Number one, the transformation of our heart. Number two, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit will be in us. Number three, the enabling to do God's will. And number four, blessing and belonging that comes with being in God's family. Aren't they incredible promises? Who doesn't want our heart transformed? Who doesn't want the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Who doesn't want enabling to do God's will, to walk in his purposes and in his ways? And who doesn't want a bit of blessing? (laughs) And everyone wants to belong. And the great thing is, is that's what we have been given to us. And God really does the heavy lifting in all of this. It's incredible that God is so desperate to see his children loved and clean and pure and whole and working in this life, that he does the heavy lifting. He says, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit. And maybe tonight you have a broken heart or a broken spirit. I will remove the old heart and I will, I will move you to follow my ways. God isn't about... Behaviour modification. I know someone just said to me even recently, oh my gosh, I can't come to your church. We have to fix a few things up before I walk in there. (laughs) But God isn't about behaviour modification. He's about the transformation of our heart and that inward transformation affects our outward behaviour. Because we come into this incredible relationship with God where it's safe, we're loved, we're secure, we're at peace. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, all these things impact us and that affects our behaviour. So we can spend our whole life trying to modify our behaviour or we can allow the Lord to transform our heart from the inside out and see what happens as we walk with him. In Proverbs 4, 20-23, it says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. 
Keep them within your heart, for they are to be life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And this is the little thing that we have to do. God's doing all the other heavy lifting. This is our job. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This has been probably a life scripture for me, something that I've really watched and I feel like someone preaches it and I'm listening <laughs> every six months, I don't know. It's like it keeps coming back, it keeps coming back because the heart is such a mysterious thing. It's such a hard thing to control and manage. But actually, God can do that. <laughs> and one of the ways we can get really intentional about keeping our heart guarded is by putting the right things in our heart and purposefully putting God's word, putting God's truth into our heart, putting, allowing his presence to infiltrate our heart by sitting with him, by listening to worship, by being in healthy community in church and in relationships. Our heart, I just read this um, this week and it just got me, so I'm going to read it to you. But listen to this. Our heart seeps into conversations we have dictates relationships we keep, we live, parent, lead, relate, romance, confront, react, respond, instruct, manage, problem solve and love from the heart. Our hearts impact how we communicate and can exaggerate our sensitivities. I mean, isn't that full on? When you think about that, wouldn't you want to get your heart right with God? (laughs) The Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart flow all the issues of life. So I encourage us to have courage this morning to ask God to deal with our heart. In Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I mean, to see God. (laughs) We all have the same access to God's truth. We all have the same access to God's creation. We all have the same access to his Holy Spirit promptings. But it says, the pure in heart will see God. And don't we want to see God? See his way, see his truth. Ephesians 1.17 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Beautiful. So to see clearly, we need movement of the heart, not just the head. So all about the heart. I had this trip to um, Cambodia when I was, actually my, my eldest was one and I was so stressed about going away. And so it was 12 years ago and it was a missions trip. And I, I haven't done a lot of missions trip and I don't know, I didn't know why I was going on this missions trip, but it was announced in church. And I just felt this incredible, similar to what, what was the girl that came up and spoke yeah, no. she's saying she had a prompting and it didn't go away and I had to, I had to attend to it because it was bothering me and I, I ended up signing up for this trip to Cambodia and it was gritty. It was hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a princess now. <laughs> um, and it was this kind of evan- evangelical outreach, big, like thousands of people, um, these this couple of evangelists in the C3 church that were doing these rallies like preaching to thousands of Cambodians and we had to go into these villages and pray for people and I'm like, what am I doing here? I've got a baby at home. This is ridiculous. 
And at the end of the mission trip, oh, it was amazing, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the mission trip, I'm standing in this church, we just visited one of the local churches, and this pastor, like there was a thousand people there, and this pastor just got up off his seat, walked down the aisle, <laughs> awkwardly, like jimmied his way into where I was standing, and he said, I don't know what you're doing here. I'm thinking, not I. And he said, he said, but God knows. He said, you cannot see where God is taking you because your lenses are murky and you come here. He said, I can see things like windows in front of you, loads of windows, like 10, 15 windows, and they're all murky. They've got streaks on them. They're, they're dirty. And he said, so you can't see God anymore. And he said, God's just got you here. You could be anywhere. But God had to get you here somewhere out of your comfort zone so he could wipe all your windows clear so you could see God again. And in that instant, I realized I had been through some things. I had so much hurt in my heart that hadn't been healed that I couldn't see God anymore. My heart was not pure. It was tainted. It was murky. It was dirty. And I needed to allow God to heal my heart. And I'm so stubborn that he had to put me on a plane and take me to Cambodia and work really hard for a week in villages to see him again. And I came back from that mission trip so refreshed, so renewed, so full of the Holy Spirit. And I thought I was meant to be going and helping others. <laughs> but God helped me. And I think that really brings that scripture home. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, their minds and consciousness are corrupted. We just, sometimes our perspective of God, our perspective of what God's doing in our world, our perspective of what's going on around us, is so tainted because our heart needs healing. And so I encourage you this morning to bring you, expose your heart before God. Number two, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I will put my spirit in you. The greatest transformational blessing anyone can receive is to receive God's spirit in them. And the Apostle Peter explains it in Acts 2.38. He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, the gateway to receiving the Spirit is that humble moment of repentance and allowing the gateways to open and the Spirit to come in. And so God sometimes very kindly, very gently knocks on our heart and says, hey, there's something you've got to repent from. And he exposes it in our heart so that we can come before him and allow that repentance to take place and that healing to take place. And the Spirit comes in and fills us afresh. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it's a beautiful thing because the fruits of the Spirit are all the good things that we all want. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. Mm. Anyone need any help with those things? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I needed some just this afternoon, actually. <laughs> we all need it. 
Number three, enabling to do God's will. The Holy Spirit enables us to move to follow His ways. And you know, I don't think there's anything more thrilling in life than when we have momentum. (laughs) It's great to have momentum in life. It's great to be moving forward, to be thriving, to be excited, to have vitality, to be feeling like there's things to go to, things to do, exciting to wake up in the morning, to attend to great things in our life. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is He promises here that He actually enables us to move in God's ways. So instead of living a life that we can rummage up in our imagination or we can dream of, we can actually attach our lives to what God wants us to do and walk in His ways and be propelled in His direction. And to live a life of purpose in God, giving Him the glory, there is nothing more fulfilling, nothing more thrilling, nothing more satisfying than to walk in God's ways. And we cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit because it's bigger, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, uh, it says we are co-workers in God's service. And I remember when I read that scripture for the first time and I felt like, what a privilege that I get to work with the Lord. I'm a co-worker with the Lord. I can wake up and say, God, what do you want me to do today? And if I go about and obey him, I've got his, his backing every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that bring courage into your heart to know that whatever you do that God's asked you to do, you've got God's backing every step of the way. I think if you knew, if you could, if you could grasp the idea, if I could grasp the idea, I think we're on a journey of all grasping the idea, it would make us a bit more courageous, wouldn't it? <laughs> we would do we would do things without hesitation. We would take those leaps of faith without hesitation. We would step out and be light in our workplaces. We would reach out to those neighbours without feeling nervous. We would be kind to others. We would lead people into connection with Christ. Number four, blessing and belonging. And this, these four promises end with the fact that we would be coming into a place of, being, of blessing under the covering of our Father in heaven and belonging, belonging in a family, in a community, that we would have a place in this world under his covering, under his blessing. I just want to read that story I mentioned earlier about this man called Legion. You find it in Mark 5. This story I remember reading about 10 years ago and just being struck by the fact that many... Uh, Many times we can be facing things in life and and we think it's as bad as it can get. But trust me, this man, it was worse than you're as bad as it can get. It's in Mark 5 and it's about a man called Legion and he was living in a tomb. And he was chained up in a tomb because he was demon-possessed and he was troubled and he was dangerous and he was bound in chains and he was naked and he was isolated and he was, he was, you know, mentally, emotionally, relationally, literally, spiritually, everything was going wrong. Now, I don't have time to read the whole scripture, but I'm going to summarise what happens. We get to a point where he sees Jesus coming from a distance, and he runs and he falls on his knees in front of Jesus, 
And Jesus says, Come out of this man, you evil spirit, so the Holy Spirit may enter, have possession of your heart, and have dominion over it. Jesus asked him, What's your name? My name is Legion. So Jesus goes to pray the impure spirits out of him. And I encourage you to read the story because it's actually pretty crazy. But Jesus prays the impure spirits out of him. And the crowd saw the previously troubled man sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, after he'd been prayed for and been filled with the Holy Spirit by Jesus. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who'd been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus didn't let him, but said, Go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell uh, his people how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Now this was a man who had nothing going for him. He had nothing good going on. And I think probably most of us aren't in that dire situation. But if I look back on my life, and I can tell you right now, there's usually just one thing that's not quite right. Maybe a few things are going well, you know? Five cylinders are firing, and one is just stuck, stuck, stuck. But it's often that way. That some things are going well, but this one's fallen down. We've got to attend to different things. And I think we don't have to be in dire straits before we come before God and ask the Holy Spirit to enter. We can actually come before God any day, any time, with just that one thing that might be stuck, that might be wrong. Because you know what? That one thing can impact everything else. It might just be that relationship that's not right, but that might end up impacting everything else. It might be that work situation that's not right, but that might end up impacting everything else. It might just be one thing. It might be something you've been through that hasn't healed and that's going to affect all these decisions you make. So I encourage you to allow God to bring that one thing before him tonight and ask him to deal with it, to heal it, to help you, to heal your heart, Allow him to bring that new heart, new spirit into your life. Uh, With this story with Legion, um, when I was reading it, I was thinking of my mum, and I I shared this at the Restoration Day if you're there, so apologies if you're there and you're going to hear it again, but I'll tell you real quick. This is a story about my mother. She, um, when I was born, she actually got this mental illness called agoraphobia, and um, so all I knew of Martin, actually, until I was 12, was just this very troubled mother who was a lot of the time on a lot of drugs and getting through the day with Valium, actually. And she, she, it was a, a bit of a crazy home life, I have to say. <laughs> um, it, wasn't, we, it wasn't normal, what was going on in our home. My mother was very scared. She was very afraid to be with people. She was, it, there was a whole lot of things going on. She'd be hiding a lot of the time. Um, it was... It was chaotic, and um, I remember one day this pastor, was, you know, eavesdropping. Pastor said to her, "Listen to these tapes." And I remember she'd be ironing. She all week she was ironing, and she, she. I later found out she'd given one week. God had one week to sort this out because she couldn't keep going, right? right? And so she's listening to these tapes, and the last words of the last 
tape. I mean, does anyone here even ever use a tape? I'm just realising like I'm so old. <laughs> a tape, a cassette tape. The last words on that cassette tape were about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she knew that's what she needed. There was just an unction in her heart. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She calls the pastor, come over. I need you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Comes over. He fills me with the Holy Spirit. Now, we find this out later. But I, 12 years old, who's only ever known a very stoic, staid, grey mum, <laughs> came home and there she is, laughing, filled with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit, rolling around on the floor. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my mum is drunk. This is wild. And my dad was sitting in the corner in the chair, just like... What is going on? And, you know, we, it was crazy. It was crazy because of the history of our family. And he um, he said, I'll, I'll call the pastor and get him to explain it to you. So we all went in and, you know, <laughs> called him. And called the pastor and he said, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the manifestations of being filled with the Holy Spirit is joy. So she's laughing. And I'm telling you, my mum laughed for 48 hours. <laughs> and it was weird. All through dinner, my brother had to go and do something, came back, she's still laughing. It was just, it was wild. And so I know firsthand, I know firsthand that God can come in and change a very real and ugly situation and bring the power of the Holy Spirit and bring love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness into our world if we will let him, if we will expose our hearts to him. You have a question? Uh, so when she went to sleep, was she still alive? She was giggling on her. I can show you. It's a pretty funny story. I can tell you more later. <laughs> Anyway, I've got to wrap this up. The Bible is so full of stories of transformation. And, you know, your story is just as important to God. Yeah. And I just want to encourage us tonight. I want to actually stand up now so we can spend some time with God before we wrap up the service. And let's just ask God to speak to us tonight, to speak to our hearts and allow Him to affect and impact change in our lives. So let's just close our eyes and I'm just going to pray for us tonight. Because maybe, you know, maybe you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you would like to reach out and ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart tonight. Maybe you have been filled with the Holy Spirit but you're feeling a little dry and would love to be refreshed and filled with the Holy Spirit in His presence tonight. Maybe you need healing in your heart. Maybe something's happened in your world, in your family, friendship, work, some part of your world, and it's created pain. And it's actually causing your lens to see God to be murky, and God's going to wipe that like he did for me. Maybe, you know, Holy Spirit's uh, prompted you about something you need to repent from. So that he can actually just free you from that. So he can put it down and walk in freedom before God again. 
so Lord, I just ask you right now to fill every heart here tonight. Thank you that your promise is that you will put a new heart in us, that you will transform our heart, that you will put a new spirit in us. Lord, I thank you that you stir up the spirit in us, Lord, that we would see you, see what you're saying to us, what you're calling us to do. Lord, revive things that we've maybe buried that you actually put on our heart to do many years ago. Lord, I thank you that you're here, that you're working in every heart. Lord, I thank you that you see everyone, every circumstance, every situation. I thank you, Lord, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're bringing peace, you're bringing strength, you're bringing wisdom, you're bringing creativity, you're bringing vitality into our hearts, you're bringing energy into our spirit. Lord, I thank you that you have got great things in store for each one in this room. And Lord, I thank you that you see each one. I thank you that you see us and you have plans for us. And I pray that you would align our hearts to your vision for the future. Lord, help us see the people around us that need you, that need a touch of you in their world. Lord, connect us with those who are lost and broken and isolated. 